Hello again from my bedroom and welcome to my quarantine summer. This is episode 3. Today's June 8th. It is 84 degrees and sunny and there is an air quality alert. I have a lot of fun things to talk about with you today, but for starters, I want to talk about food and I really do love talking about food, but I've been wondering, well I haven't been wondering, but I was thinking, how would one eat on a diet when you're working from home or you're not doing anything over the summer? And so I've come to a conclusion after three days of experimentation and I've decided that you can't. People will tell you about willpower and how that is an important part of a diet. However, as it is widely known or maybe not so widely known, willpower is not foolproof and it's not necessarily the best way to go about it. So I've come to the conclusion that the only way to be on a diet over quarantine when you're not doing anything is to just not be on a diet. And while that might sound kind of scary, if you know, you're afraid you're just going to eat everything in sight, fear not, because I have a few tips that I've been living by, and I'm not eating everything in sight, but then again, I'm also not moving a lot, so I'm not as hungry as I would be normally when I'm, you know, up and about frequently throughout the day. First things first, and this is non-negotiable, eat vegetables daily as frequently as possible. Second thing, second, if you're craving something to just put in your mouth and eat, um, eat fruit or vegetables. And third things, third, try to limit how many times you have sweet breakfasts. Because from my experience, just my experience and from the little I know, eating a sweet breakfast kind of paves the way for having an increased sweet tooth throughout the day. So I like to eat eggs on avocado toast with feta. Very filling, very delicious, and I hate avocado. So if I hate it and I eat it and it's good, then I'm sure a lot of people who like avocado would also think it's good. To reiterate, I'm not saying to eat everything in sight. I'm just saying to be mindful about it and People love to throw around, you know, mindful, intuitive eating, but it's a real thing and I do recommend looking into it, especially when it's probably pretty close to impossible to stay 100% on a diet, especially when you're at the liberty of your cabinet and your fridge and whatever you want at this point. Also, I am in no way a dietitian or nutritionist. So, take what I have to say with a grain of salt. However, it's pretty, um, you know, important that you eat vegetables. We're taught this throughout our lives and most of us don't want to. However, if you stick to broccoli, Brussels sprouts, and asparagus, you're probably pretty solid. And you can even eat potatoes and just say that's a vegetable because you know what? It is and it's good for your heart and they taste pretty darn good. And while I would personally say that Brussels sprouts, asparagus, and broccoli also taste pretty darn good, some people might not. One tip for the asparagus though, try not to get the really thick stalks. I don't like the texture of those. I like the thin ones, they get crispier, and, and I think they taste all around better. 
but again, up to personal preferences. Eat what you like, but try and eat your vegetables, and on top of that, eat your fruit, which for a lot of people, it's not as hard as eating your vegetables. You can just pop them in your mouth and be done. Whereas with vegetables, you have to cook them, season them, cut them, and wash them, and prepare them, and all that kind of stuff, and I know I hate making stuff when I'm hungry. If I'm not hungry, it's fine, but when I'm really hungry, the last thing I want to do is prepare my food for an hour before I can actually eat it. So in conclusion, don't limit yourself and don't cut off food groups unless your doctor is telling you to be on an elimination diet, in which case, listen to your doctor. But don't try and cut out sugar and ice cream and cookies and everything that you want to eat just because you want to be skinny and you're finding it very difficult to really kind of stop eating these things. It'll just make it worse in the long run and your cravings will never be satiated by gum or water. Or maybe they will, but not for long and it's not quite as an enjoyable thing to chew gum when you really just want to eat a slice of chocolate cake. So I've compiled a list of nine movies I've seen and would recommend to watch, especially in the lull of time that is quarantine and, you know, summer. And then I have one movie that I really must see and hopefully will watch before the next episode. So first on this list, in honor of Pride Month, well, first and second, in honor of Pride Month, we have Moonlight and Pariah. Both of these movies are amazing both made me sob, which that's not really saying much because it doesn't take a lot to get me to sob, especially during movies. I also really like the soundtrack of Moonlight, and I don't remember much in the way of soundtrack for Pariah, but the storyline is probably just as good with or without it. Then anyways, next on this list, I have Jojo Rabbit, which was a big thing in, you know, the award season this past award season. And after that I have Annihilation, which is based on one of my favorite books by Jeff Vandermeer, also Annihilation. However, if you're watching the movie and hoping for it to be similar to the book, um, don't hope that because a big thing with the movie was that it wasn't like the book. It seems like it took the book and kind of made a movie that had the same or similar vibe. One thing I didn't like about the movie, however, was that they had names. I thought that was really big in the book and it was really important to the plot and to the overall effect of the book. After that, I have Jackie Brown, which is my favorite Quentin Tarantino movie and I think a lot of people would, you know, why isn't it like Pulp Fiction or something? But yeah, it's my favorite Quentin Tarantino movie. After that, we have The Lobster, then we have Arrival. Life of Pi and Avatar. And by Avatar, I mean the one by James Cameron with the blue people because we all know how The Last Airbender, the movie, turned out. And, and spoiler if you don't, it was not good. And so finally, for the one movie that I really need to see, it's Black Klansman. When it first came out a few years ago, I really wanted to see it. And I was waiting to find it on streaming platforms and then it slipped my mind. But I've remembered it now and I'm gonna get to it. Like I said, hopefully before the next episode, and in the next episode, I'll be able to, you know, recount and relate how I felt about it, and 
I'm really excited to watch it. I haven't watched a movie in a while. So in honor of the fact that I just graduated high school, I think a good topic for section three would be a, um, I guess, a blast from the past. I think that's how the saying goes. In short, I will be recounting a time from the past that I right now really miss. And kind of came to me yesterday when I found a journal that I've had since freshman year of high school. It's not even halfway finished because um, I'm really bad at staying on top of that sort of thing. So, I mean, you might have figured it out by now, but my flashback is from freshman year of high school, which high school, um, in short, it was not fun at all, but it also had some good moments, some redeeming qualities. And so one of them was freshman year towards the end so we had this whole ordeal with Spanish teachers where one of them left and then we had a long-term sub and for a while, you know, the foreign language situation at our school was kind of iffy, kind of up in the air, you know, very fickle, very erratic. Um, I can't think of any more words to describe it, so I'll just move on. We got a new long-term sub. Um, I will say his name was... Um, since I have a um, espresso can, his name is Cafe Bustelo. So here we have teacher, the long-term sub Cafe Bustelo, you know, hunk, hot man. And that is coming from me. So, you know, it's true. Anyway, he had a room that was situated on the corner of the school overlooking the back parking lot and also the forests behind the school. And, you know, it's, pretty typical kind of forest for the area. It's very sad in the fall and the winter and then in the summer it looks luscious and beautiful and you know mist clings to the trees and it just feels like a fairy tale kind of forest. So around this time I had started watching The 100, not The 100 apparently, it's called The 100 and many of my listeners have also seen it. Um, there's a good chance you were just watching it for Lexa and Clark, and that's why I was watching it. Very disappointed, by the way, with the, you know, one scene. I'm not going to spoil anything, because I'm not about that. Anyway, so here we have this luscious forest paired with the fact that I'm watching a show about luscious post-apocalyptic forests, and, you know, kind of funny now, it's like foreshadowing. I was obsessed with the post-apocalypse and the apocalypse back then, and here we are, 2020, in the midst of a pandemic, and it's it's insane, okay? Anyway, so, you know, my little freshman mind was flourishing. It came alive in this room, and, you know, that is beyond the point of Mr. Cafe Bustello. Like, he is a different story, like, cut him out. I mean, okay. He also watched The 100. We discussed Lexa and the relationship with Clark. So he was a cool guy, but he is not a part of this story, uh, just background information. So here I am, you know, forget how old I was and I don't want to do the math. And I have this beautiful forest, and this show in a beautiful forest. And it really got me like, um, spurred my creative mind that lives with me today. And 
Also, it kind of spurred that wanderlust. And for a good moment in time, I really wanted to go to the University of British Columbia because of the forests, and not to mention it's an amazing school, and it's also in Canada, and all those things put together, it almost seems too good to be true. Now, when I started filling out college applications, I did begin one for UBC. However, I chickened out last minute because my parents were not super um, excited about the idea of me moving across the country to a different country to go to college. Understandable, it's probably also kind of expensive, you know, the logistics of it. Again, beyond the point, well, I guess not really. So, you know, what I've learned from this is that there are little things everywhere, even if you're somewhere you don't want to be or somewhere you don't like. There are little things everywhere that will kind of, they don't make up for it per se, but there's a silver lining to every story. There's bright pieces in every story. And here I am in this little town that I don't necessarily like, kind of claustrophobic and toxic. And then there's that little bit of hope, you know, just out there beyond the window. And it was a good time then. I think it was on the cusp of the stresses of growing up that you really gotta worry about like college and work and AP tests, etc. And it was a time of innocence, but also a time of revelation, a time of growing. Um, I think then was probably, probably it was a pretty big moment in, in shaping how the rest of my high school career played out. Now, at that point, I was still kind of hoping that, you know, middle school didn't work out like Diver Wimpy Kid, but maybe high school would, and freshman year wasn't quite Diary of a Wimpy Kid level, didn't have the same vibe, but maybe, you know, then I was clinging to the hope that the rest of high school would, you know, fulfill my desire for what Dire of a Wimpy Kid told me life would be like four years later or so. I have not found that Diary of a Wimpy Kid-esque life. Don't think I ever will this point. Kind of come to terms with it. Sort of beyond the point. But that is my blast or flash or, you know, that is my background information from freshman year of high school. And I know it was probably a pretty winding empty story but I think that you had to be there you know like it only makes sense if you were there specifically in my mind like you know swimming around in the thoughts and stuff and the imagination and so it might not make sense to you doesn't quite make sense to me but probably more so than you For today's main course of the episode, I have Apocalypse Talk, inspired from those random TikToks of people telling the world what they would wear in different moments of an apocalypse film. Not gonna be, well, I might, but I'm not intending to just be telling you what I would wear in these certain moments of an apocalypse film, but I also just, in the unlikely event that an apocalypse did happen, here we are, I am prepared for the apocalypse. I love the idea of the apocalypse or the post-apocalypse in media and literature, and 
those kind of things. Um, I'd have to say that my favorite apocalypse movie would be Cloverfield or 10 Cloverfield Lane. So Cloverfield makes me feel kind of nauseous, and I think that's what a lot of people thought about it because of the uh, kind of handheld camera type style that was used for filming it. And one qualm with 10 Cloverfield Lane is that it kind of felt claustrophobic, and I've watched it a few times, so it's kind of hard to watch it now um, without getting bored. So drawing from that, I think I'd be really good in Apocalypse. You need to know how to farm, how to protect yourself, how to protect others, first aid, which probably my weakest quality. And I played some Fallout, and I think I've got good strength and, you know, I hope I have good luck. Um, I would say my charisma is probably one of my lower skills. My intelligence, kind of high. Okay, I'm not going to go over my stats. Might get a little, you know, boring. But I've been really thinking about what I would do in Apocalypse, especially lately. I personally think that to go it alone would kind of be a bad idea. I don't really have a dream team. I haven't really thought about people I would take with me, but I think it'd be kind of fun to live in a nature center, like at a park. You know, one, they're really cool inside, and I like called the taxidermy, though it's kind of weird and creepy. And it's also in the woods, and how many people would think to go into the, you know, nature center? There's not a lot of food in there, but there's probably a kitchen, most likely. There's probably a lot of space for you and your crew to sleep, and Again, you're in nature and there's lots of resources about nature that you can use and I think that all of those things together would just really help you in the long run. Um, again, I'm not sure what the apocalypse would look like if we were to have one in that off chance that it was going to happen. So maybe, you know, all the trees burn down and we're stuck living like Mad Max or something. Now, if I didn't have a list of things, I would for sure bring with me um, in, in the event of an apocalypse, and I would not be a true apocalypse prepper, which I'm not a true prepper, I promise, but I would not be able to declare myself to be ready for the apocalypse because you always have to have a plan. The movies always tell you this. Every survival book will tell you this. You have to have a plan. So first thing I would bring, obviously I would bring my baboon duffel bag because I spent way too much money on that thing for that to sit in my closet and rot or get looted until the end of time. Second thing I would bring is my SAS survival guide which I got at a survival camp I did when I was like 11 years old. Next thing I would bring lots of batteries because batteries are important you need them for everything. Third thing would be like a weather emergency radio also can get radio stations, so I will never be without some music to listen to. And then I would also bring a solar charger for my phone. Again, will never be without music to listen to. Then, if I had one, I would bring one of those filter straw things because, you know, water is incredibly important. Then, I would probably, you know, throw as much food as I could in my car and just book it out of there. Maybe I would bring some books. I have a whole list somewhere, I don't know where it went, so if you're listening to me tell you what I would bring and you're like, wow, that is stupid and lame, you're gonna die right away. I promise you there's more, there's probably like matches or something. I don't really have matches, so maybe like a lighter, but something for fire, obviously. On top of that, I would need changes of clothes because I, you know, if, if my life is an apocalypse and I'm the main character in 
my life. I can't walk around wearing the same thing every day. That would, one, be gross, and two, you know, the audience would not enjoy it. And physicists have found evidence that we're like in a computer and people are watching us on this computer. So, you know, I'm here to perform. I'm not going to look like an absolute moron, unhygienic woman while I'm performing for this audience. One other thing I would for sure bring is sunscreen. I've got very light skin, very pale, and I burn really easily, so I'd bring as much sunscreen as I could. And then I'd probably also bring a utility knife, so, you know, cut down branches and string and stuff of that sort. You know, you always need a good knife with you in case you need it. And then last but not least, I promise this is the last one, I would bring a journal and a pen and then I would write some amazing story about, you know, who knows what. It would have to be a thick journal so it could last for the rest of my life or, you know, maybe a few journals. I never finish them anyway, so, you know, maybe I will. I mean, best case scenario, I either finish it or I don't finish it and then there's room to write if I ever need it. So what you've all been waiting for, what would I wear in this set apocalypse? So not to disappoint, but I would be wearing the crap out of cargo shorts. You know, so many pockets, so much space to store stuff in and it's khaki and you know, you see people out in the jungles wearing this stuff when they're exploring, so why shouldn't I wear it? And then I can store all this stuff in my pockets and you guys can wear your like cute shorts or skinny jeans or something. Well, if you're wearing long pants, you're gonna get hot in the summer. It's very hot and humid here. Two, you know, you're wearing shorts that are made for women. Well, I'm sorry, you cannot hold anything in those pockets at all. I mean, best thing you can, biggest thing you can carry, your phone and your wallet and your back pockets, that's it. Nothing more unless you want to put like a pen in there or something or some coins in the front pocket. So obviously, gonna wear some man clothes because their pockets can actually hold stuff. And then on top of that, I have cargo pants. So there's like 18 million pockets on those things. Like the limits for what I can carry are just not in sight. I don't know what I can't carry in those things. I mean, obviously if it's too big for the pockets, I can't, but I can just put stuff in there like rocks and dirt or coins or, you know, a book or a knife. and. All you people will be like, oh, can you carry this for me? And I'll be like, yeah, sure, because I've got big pockets and there's so many that I don't know what to do with all that room. And then in the way of shoes, just, you know, hiking boots and soft socks or maybe my bunstone boots just so that, you know, I can look a little extra cool. And then for shirts, obviously only sports bras because I'm not wearing a normal bra. I mean, I might have one little cute one in case I get in any of, you know, these fun situations. Unlikely, by the way. So, sports bras, maybe like a long sleeve shirt and a short sleeve shirt. That's it. I don't really need to be looking too, too planned out because I want to look candid for the apocalypse. And also, I want the fashion to be functional. And a lot of the time, I'm not super comfortable and overly flashier layered clothing so i would probably just keep it really simple so while i do think the apocalypse would be fun to live in if it was like a movie and also if i wasn't going to die i mean of course but the reality of apocalypse is probably 
less glorious and it's probably a lot more you know having your period and not being able to really contain it by any sort of feminine product and it's probably smelling gross as heck until you can take a bath in this random river you find but i think on top of that i like the idea of an apocalypse because i like the idea of living off the land my friends know that i am really big on the whole dropping off the grid thing which i probably won't ever do it but I would consider it and so I think that I really like the idea of an apocalypse because you're forced to drop off the grid in most cases. I mean, obviously I don't know what an apocalypse would be like because I've never really been in one. I mean, if you have, let me know. Um, in any way possible, do let me know what it's like so that I can better prepare. I'm always open to suggestions. But yeah, so if you want somebody to be in your apocalypse group, just hit me up because I don't really have an official one yet and I'm always down. So yeah, that's my apocalypse talk for the day. So we're kind of getting to the end of today's podcast. I don't want it to run too long because I know personally I hate listening to a podcast when it's like 45 minutes or longer, which most aren't, but I'm going to try and keep it pretty short. So finally, I have nine songs to add to your pining playlist, and I would really like to hear what your 10th song would be or if you have any good songs that you like to pine to. So first on this list, we have Time Alone With You by Daniel Caesar and Jacob Collier. Then second, I have Gorgeous by Taylor Swift. And then after that, we have Best Part by Daniel Caesar and her. And next, we have Say It by Maggie Rogers. After that, Plastic Plants by, I think it's Mahalia, but it also might be Mahalia. I don't know how to say it. I'm sorry. Next, we have Dream Girl by Anna of the North. Then I have I Know You Know by Esperanza Spaulding. After that, Adore by Amy Shark. And finally, All Night by Marika Hackman, which that last part, um, that last song, I love that song, and if you have the free time on your hands, please listen to the whole album. It's Any Human Friend by Marika Hackman, and it came out pretty recently. So um, don't forget to let me know what that last song would be, what's your favorite song to pine to. I love music that, you know, you listen to for emotions that aren't necessarily the happiest. I think it says more about you on a deeper level than, you know, the music you listen to when you're super excited. but. That's just my personal opinion, and if you have any other opinion, honestly, I'd love to hear it too. I love to discuss things. As we start wrapping things up, I would like to first thank everyone who came back, and I would like to thank everyone who's listened all the way through. And if this is your first episode, thank you so much for stopping by. I can't control you and tell you to listen to the next one if you didn't like this episode. Thank you for trying it out anyway, but stay tuned for the next episode. I would also like to let you know that I would really like for anybody who's listening to go and check out the blog for this podcast. It's myquarantinesummer.blogspot.com. I post updates frequently and also in each blog post about a new episode, I have cover art I've made myself. And I'm actually really proud of it. I think it looks really cool. So if anything, just go check out my blog to look at the cover art and then also please, you know, comment and I would really like to get someone on this show soon, someone to interview. 
I'm really excited that I made it to the third episode. I thought that I would kind of give it up by now, but here I am, still kicking. Didn't really want to make it today because I looked at the clock and it was one and I hadn't eaten lunch yet, but here I am, you know, really hacking it out and kind of proud of this episode. I feel like I kind of got to talk on a lot more of a familiar level than I have in the past. Since I have nothing left to say, I guess I'll say goodbye and see you next time on My Quarantine Summer.